Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your calls a little bit later. More coaches all day and all week long. Lavelle Moten of the MEAC champion NC Central Eagles will be with us in 30 minutes. Jim Fox of App State is going to be our guest bracket analyst of the day. Thanks to Steve Donahue of the Ivy League champion Penn Quakers for being with us. Bob McKillop of Davidson, among others, yesterday. More all week long. Joining us now is one of our favorites on college basketball. He does outstanding work for ESPN and recently posted his bracket picks there. We won't ask him to go over his entire bracket, but we are excited to welcome back Jay Billis to the David Glenn Show. Is this your favorite month of the calendar year, or would would that be when you get some rare time off? Uh, it's both. I mean, this is the, the best time of year uh, in the job, but uh, but I can't tell you that once the, <laughs> uh, the buzzer goes off the championship game, I'm not happy to have some time off. I think everybody is. But, it, but there's no better time than, than this than in sports, really. I, I agree, and I agree. I feel exactly the same way. Hey, your ESPN colleagues, at least two of them, Jay Williams and Jalen Rose, have recently advocated for a boycott of the NCAA tournament. You certainly have lots of objections to the NCAA, but I don't remember you advocating a boycott. Is that because you couldn't see yourself back when you played uh, doing such things after pouring blood, sweat, and tears into the effort? I wasn't as socially aware as the players are now, so uh, I didn't see that as being an effective way of making a point. I don't know if you know this, Dave, but I was on an NCAA committee when I was in college. I was on the NCAA long-range planning committee, and I had very similar views then to what I had now, but I wasn't willing to... I expressed them in meetings that yeah. got shot down immediately, but I wasn't willing to express them publicly. Uh, I knew... You know, I, you knew what to say and, and to go along to get along, and you got praised for, for saying the, the, the thing that the NCAA folks wanted you to... You know, wanted to hear... And, uh, and so you said that, um, even though you, you really didn't believe it. And then, uh, you know, later on, as I got older, you go, wait a minute. You know, I, I, I say what I think uh, as far as players are concerned and coaches. And if I don't like a call, I say that, even though, even though I, I, I love the officials and respect the work that they do. And I, I never felt like I should, uh, should be shy about saying when I disagree on policy. It, it's kind of like, like you can love college sports. Uh, and I love it more than anything. And I love I love basketball. I love college basketball. And you can also say what's wrong with it when you love something. Yeah. You know, you want to see it be as good as it can be. And it's similar to uh, you know, we're hey, look, we're all citizens of the United States. And and but when we disagree with our our nation's policies, we say so. And you know, we don't have to you know leave the country and renounce our citizenship. And, uh, and I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. That somehow, you know, if I differ with policy, I can't go and enjoy the games because I see hypocrisy. That, that's, that's just crazy. I can come up and compartmentalize this stuff just like everybody else. But on the, on the boycott stuff, you know, look, the truth is, and this is where Jalen and Jay are exactly right, the truth is nothing's going to change until the players take action. And, uh, but, but they're transient. They come and go every four years. And that works in the NCAA's favor. Uh, I stopped short of advocating it. I don't think it's my place, but I don't have a problem with them advocating. Jay Billis joining us on ES, from ESPN on Twitter. He's at Jay Billis. A lot of fun there on a lot of different topics. They're going to have to wait. I, I saw your pick of Michigan State to win it all. Why are the Spartans, how many different things go into the Spartans as your favorite for the national title? You know, it's a, it's a combination of things, Dave. I, uh, uh, I picked Michigan State before the season started. And it's funny that over the years, it, when you look back on what you, what you thought uh, or what your judgments were before the season, 
that's oftentimes more accurate than the judgments you make right before the tournament. And I don't know why that is, <laughs> uh, but but it, but it, it happens that way, at least for me. Uh, so part of it is I picked them at the beginning of the year, and they're everything I thought they would be. Uh, other teams are better than I thought they'd be, so uh, it's, it's not that I'm ultra-confident in that. I get the way sports work. It's not just college basketball. This is sports. If they put, uh, if they put 68 uh, NFL teams in a, in a pot and played a tournament, they'd have the same upsets and the same results, same thing in college football, you name it. You'd have the same upsets. Um, but uh, I tend to think that, that Michigan State has the, uh, they're the deepest team. And they've got a ton of, of talent. Uh, and they rebound really well. So I think they'll I think they'll do really well in the tournament. Now, can they lose? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they were the best team. Uh, not the best team, because Carolina was the best team that year. But a couple years ago, uh, they were one of the best teams and lost to Middle Tennessee. And uh, so, so you get clipped. You have such a belief and appreciation in the concept of toughness that you literally wrote a book about it. Toughness, developing true strength on and off the court. I imagine the Spartans are one of those who fit that description. Who else jumps out at you when it comes to that category you value so much? Virginia would be one of them. Uh, I put Villanova in that category. Uh, There are a number of different teams I would put there. Uh, Kansas is one of those teams. I think Michigan fits that bill. Um, I happen to think uh, that that West Virginia could be put in there, but they're not. They haven't been as tough offensively as you'd like. and Tennessee, I would put up there. Uh, and but you know, Dave, there are a number of mid-major teams that have those qualities. Davidson's one of them. Like Davidson can beat Kentucky. I think Kentucky has to play less than their best. If both teams play their best, Kentucky wins. But because Kentucky's so young, and because uh, I think that uh, uh, that Davidson is so skilled and so well coached, and they've got a, a player in Peyton Aldridge that could play anywhere and be a star, uh, they can they can pull off a little bit of magic in that 12-5 game. I would not be surprised, uh, or at least I would not be shocked. But, but Kentucky's got to help, and that young team has to play young. If they play like they did in the, in the uh, SEC tournament, they'll win. You have mentioned Virginia a couple times. You know there's that wild fact floating around that every NCAA champion since 1987 had one or more future first-round NBA picks in their starting lineup, and the Cavaliers clearly do not have that. Does that put a, any restrictions on them in your eyes? I mean, you have them in the Final Four, so the respect factor is obviously there. But that is a crazy long trend, isn't it? It is, and, and you have to have good players. They can fix that by just starting DeAndre Hunter, right. and, and, they fit, and they fit the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. That's not that big of a deal. Um, look, they're not – I don't think they are the best team, but they've played the best all year, and they've been the most consistent. And with the way they play – uh, I think they're going to get their tempo in every game. And, and I, I don't know in that long list of trends, I haven't, I haven't researched this, but they haven't had anybody score 70 on them all year long. And I'd be really surprised if that long list of champions, if any one of them had, had held every team they played under 70. I don't think they have, especially in the three-point era. You mentioned how folks can react to you and not understand that you both have a passion and a love for the game or, the, or whatever, but still be a critic of it at times. My audience here in North Carolina, Jay, I get the sense that they overwhelmingly understand how you can do both of those things. When you're interacting with NCAA officials or referees who may have heard of criticism or whatever, do you get the sense that most of them understand? Or or are you just catching javelins all day long from people who don't appreciate that? 
Yeah, that's a good question. It depends on who it is. Um, you know, there are there are certain NCAA folks, and and I'm I'm including uh, uh, member institutions, uh, administrators like ADs and presidents and all that stuff. They get it. Um, they understand that. Hey, you know, people have opinions and they express those opinions. And, and this is not about people. I'm not criticizing a people. Uh, the people I'm criticizing the policies. And so the people that make the policies, I'm not saying anything about them. Uh, and if I did, I'd attach their name to it. Um, and, and and officials, are, by and large, they get criticized all the time. So they're pretty much immune to it. Um, but but some of them are ultra sensitive, and they don't get the fact that uh, you are you're not critical of them. Uh, as officials, you're critical of a call, and uh, and you know I don't like that call. It doesn't mean I'm saying good official, bad official, because uh, I don't honestly know who the best officials are and who the bad officials are. I know that officials are like everybody else. There are great ones, good ones, average ones, and poor ones, uh, just like there are in broadcasting and law and all these other places. Uh, but uh, you know, guys get a little sensitive. And uh, but one thing about the officials, they have a tough job. Yeah, and they are absolutely necessary. And but they because nobody runs out of the court trying to overturn them. But just because you say, hey, I disagree with that, uh, the, the one thing I have the hardest time with, Dave, is I, I wind up talking on the air like I do at home. And, and tone becomes an issue. Yeah. And that, that's, the, that's the, the problem I've had the most is sometimes I'll say something and my tone isn't right. And that's, what, that's the one place where I, I've always, I've always like, told every official, every supervisor, if you hear something you don't like, if I'm wrong, call me yeah and if you don't like my tone call me and we'll talk about it and uh and if i get a rule wrong call me and uh and some of them do some of them get get honestly a little pissy about it but that's okay yeah uh, i can take it like i can take criticism like if i can take praise i can take criticism and for the most part the officials are very much the same uh but they get criticized more than we do um you know we mostly get compliments from people you know you don't have people going out of their way to say you think uh for broadcasters they go out of their way to say that to officials, and and I'm fine with hey, boo uh, in the arena. <laughs> say you don't like it, that's fine. But after the game's over, enough. Uh, I think you got to let it go. And most fans don't do that, and and they shouldn't be targeting these officials by name. Like that ain't right. Uh, all they're doing is calling balls and strikes. They don't care who wins. They don't. They got too many games, and uh, and I'm 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 a little bit irks that that so many people know who the officials are yeah. like, i don't know who the nba officials are the fact that we know who the college officials are probably isn't good for the game in my opinion his name is jay billis on twitter he's at jay billis it sounds like you're being pulled in a lot of directions which i expect at this time of year so i'll give you only one more question here in north carolina we are spoiled uh, national championships on a regular basis from one team or another, Final Four trips, Sweet 16s, et cetera. Uh, Duke and Carolina are both two seeds, but it feels like there's even more skepticism than there is belief, at least when it comes to a run to the Final Four or the national title. How do you handicap the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels in this bigger picture? Both of them can win it, uh, but both of them can be out by the, the Sweet 16. Um, I, like I think Duke is the most talented team in the country. I think they've got a great opportunity to win this thing. Uh, I think North Carolina's had a remarkable year, and I think it shows. You know, both of them. Like you know, Coach K, in my judgment, is the greatest that's ever done this. Uh, Roy is right with him. I mean, Roy is one hellacious basketball coach, and what he's done with this team, I think, is one of the, the more remarkable coaching jobs he's had. It's his best post championship team. And the fact you can say that there are the you know this is a third post championship team is remarkable in and of itself. But 
he's he's done with a smaller lineup. They rebound. They do everything you have to do to win. I don't know that they feel like a two seed with ten losses though. Uh, that's a little bit odd, but they played such a tough schedule. It seems to uh, you know it seems to be right. Uh, but they, they're they're both teams are more vulnerable than they're uh, than they've been in the past. Carolina was the best team in the country last year and the year before, the best team, and I think it showed in the results. Um, you know, Duke is just so young that I think their youth makes them a little bit more vulnerable than their talent level would suggest. I try at least once a year to give you an in-person handshake or fist bump as a thank you for your regular appearances on the David Glenn Show. You look so deeply in preparation that I actually did not bother you this year. So, you know, if you need hockey tickets, if there's any dinner reservations, if there's anything else we can do in the form of a thank you, Jay, we appreciate you always taking our call. Well, I fist bump you for, for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be with you, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. On Twitter, he's at Jay Billis. Online always and on TV at ESPN.com and on every ESPN network, especially at this time of year. Jay Billis.